Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. Today, you know, we're talking about Palm Sunday, but I want to continue to tie it into uh, being disciples. And uh, one of the things that is really clear is that Jesus loves a party. Jesus loves a party. As a matter of fact, his first miracle was turning water into wine at a what? A wedding, a party. Now, Jewish weddings are totally different than ours. Ours are pretty boring compared to Jewish. Many cultures, actually, our weddings are kind of dull. And, uh, but Jesus wasn't in a dull society. When they partied, they partied. And uh, it wasn't fermented. You know, people say, well, Jesus didn't drink wine. News for you, news flash, yes, he did. He did drink wine. Why? Because that's what they drank. Okay? It doesn't say getting drunk. The Bible says don't get drunk. But it didn't say he wasn't drinking wine. So you say, well, how could he turn water into wine? Well, because he's God, he's Jesus, and he did those things. So he loves a party. Now, you don't have to have wine to have a party. Don't walk away saying, oh, pastor says we've got to go buy a bottle of wine. <laughs> I have permission. I didn't say that. But I did say that God loves a good party. And uh, over the years, my brothers and I have debated about some of these parties and some of these cultural things. How many of you have birthday parties every year? I don't care how old you are or young you are. Some of you never have a birthday party? Every... All right, let me ask you a question. Do you get older every year? So should you have a birthday party? Yes. Come on. So if you invite me over and it's your birthday, you better be having a party. My brothers and I, we talked about this growing up. As a matter of fact, we got into heavy discussions about our cultural backgrounds related to parties. And uh, I have one brother who says, you know, we're definitely English. Another brother who says we're Irish. And then my older brother who says, without a doubt, we're Scottish. You know, at the end of the day, I think we're all Heinz 57. Uh, in some form or fashion, because uh, we all have backgrounds of all kinds. So we, we debated this, and, and when it came to my mother, there was no debate. She was French through and through, French Catholic. Her last name, Bertrand, uh, came over from France into Ohio, and then they moved up from Ohio into southern Ontario, and then they moved back to Ohio and came back up, but French. And I remember talking to my grandmother, Eva Bertrand, and I said, Grandma, how come you never speak French? And she says, the only time I used to was when I swore, and I swore not to swear anymore. Only a French person could say that. Anyway, so, uh, so I knew I didn't need to spit in the tube from Ancestry.com about my mother's side, but on my dad's side, maybe I better spit in the tube. Actually, you know, we're so concerned about a heritage, there wouldn't even be an Ancestry.com if we didn't. Right? Isn't that true? So let me ask you, how many of you here are from German background? In this area, quite a few, right? All right, so don't feel out. Feel, how about English? Not very good. How about uh, French? The rowdy ones, okay. French. Uh, Dutch. 
Thanks, Chester. <laughs> if you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. But a Dutchman one time told me, who was Frisian, he said, one thing about the Frisians, he said, there's, there's a problem with us. I said, what's that? He says, we wear wooden shoes. I said, yeah. And he says, but we also are something famous for we wouldn't listen either. <laughs> and Hans was very, very much like that. So thank you, Chester. Uh, who did I miss? Uh, Portuguese? I know Rosa's Portuguese. Right? Um, Italian. Hey. <laughs> All right, what else? What did I miss? Oh, sorry. Oh. Oh, how can that be? It's in the Blarney Stone. Um, yeah, Irish. Swiss. Is that right? Swiss. Maltese. Maltese? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Maltese, okay, I didn't think of that one. What else? British, Scottish, anyway. There's a, you know what? Welcome to Canada. Isn't it true? Welcome to Canada. You know, we think about all of our countries and our backgrounds and, and our nationalities. I was, uh, I had Pastor Don look this up for me because Canada is a, a mosaic of people. And if you live in Toronto, it's one of the most mosaic countries cities in the world. How many immigrants have come to Canada? Here we go. Between 2011 and 2016, how many years is that? Thank you. 1,212,000 people immigrated to Canada in five years. How big is the population of Canada? 33 million, roughly. In 2016, two years ago, 21.5% of the Canadian population was not born in Canada. So you say, well, where do they come from? Asia, Middle East, Africa is the second country, Europe the third. Uh, Asians actually account for 61% of all immigrants. It's amazing to me that how many came from Syria as well. 21% of new arrivals came from Syria to escape the war. So the top nations that like to come to Canada, the U.S. with Donald Trump. I don't know, that's what Africa, Nigeria, Algeria, Egypt, Morocco, Cameroon, top nations from Asia, Philippines, India, uh, China, Iran, Pakistan, Syria, South Korea. We have over 250 ethnic origins represented in Canada in immigration population. 250. That is unbelievable. So why Canada? Why do they come here? Well, because we have a really open-door policy and we accept people from all kinds of cultures. Isn't that true? Because every one of us at some point immigrated into Canada. How many of you immigrated to Canada from some other country and you're sitting here today? Okay, so a number of you came directly from another country to here, right? And you say, well, we're born Canadian. Well, um, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, the ethnos, ethnic groups that we have in our world today, we rub shoulders with people all the time. When we were in Toronto, we had a mosaic church. When we were pastoring in Toronto, we had many, many different kinds of cultures and backgrounds. The way people dressed, the foods that they had, all those kind of things reminded us as Canadians who we are. And I, and I thought, you know, there was a gentleman that we met in Listowel. He ran the local Max Milk, and his name was Muhammad. So chances are, if he's Muhammad, what do you think his background is? Muslim, right? He was from Pakistan. 
And every time I'd go in there, I'd talk to him. And eventually he got to know my name a little bit. And then Ramadan was coming up. And I thought, what can I do to bless this man at Ramadan? Does you know what Ramadan is? It's when they fast during the day and they, they, they pig out at night. They really do. Because I was in, uh, in North Africa uh, when, during Ramadan, and, and you didn't eat during the day. Now, we were foreigners sitting in vans, so if we ate a sandwich, we had to duck down below the windows so nobody could see us eating because that was really bad. And then at night, they, as soon as the sun set, it was like a pig fest. Well, they didn't eat pig, but, you know, they just, they just went at it, and everybody ate. And so Muhammad was, it was Ramadan. And I talked to a friend of mine who works with Muslims all the time, and I said, what should I do to be a blessing to someone who is Muslim from Ramadan? And he said, get them a really nice box of candy. I said, candy? He goes, yeah. So I went, bought a nice box of candy. And then the next time I was in there talking to Muhammad, I said, this is Ramadan. He looks at me, he goes, how do you know about Ramadan? I said, well, I know a little bit about Islam. He goes, oh. And I said, and I brought you something. He goes, what? I said, candy. He goes, oh, I'm diabetic. So to say the least, that didn't go well. You know, God has a heart for the nationalities of every people, every single nation, every single person on this earth he invites to a heavenly party. He wants every single person to come in celebrating his name. And I'm so excited that we live in Canada. I'm so excited because all the time I'm meeting people from other nationalities, other countries, other cultures, and have a chance to tell them about Jesus. Isn't that amazing? So you can go to the mission field, which is great, but God says, I'm bringing it to you. I'm bringing the mission field to you. And it's all around you. It's all around us. If you go to a grocery store, you might meet somebody there, especially if you're in the city. Or you might go to get gas or whatever it might be. We're going to rub shoulders with all kinds of nationalities, all kinds of people all the time with all kinds of backgrounds. And I love God's heart for this because he loves a party when all the people come together and they celebrate who he is. Turn with me in Matthew 21 and we'll see a great picture of this. Matthew 21, I don't have it on the PowerPoint. This is the only one I don't have. The rest will be up there. Now, you have to remember when you read stuff in the Bible, uh, any of the little titles that are across the top is what we have put there. It wasn't in the original Greek or even the Hebrew, but we add these things so it helps us to find things in the Bible when we're studying and reading. So the triumphal entry, it says in Matthew 21. It's also in Mark and Luke. It says here in the NIV, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent his two disciples and he said this to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by, by her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, of course, I mean, you're stealing their animals, so I'm sure they did say something. Tell them that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away, and that's what happened. This took place to fulfill that was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, very significant, on a colt, uh, the, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. 
Not sure how he did that, but he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that, that followed shouted, Hosanna, which means save, to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. That's what happens when Jesus shows up and asked, who is this? crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. They were some excited. It would have been an amazing scene. Wouldn't it have been something to see all these people from all these backgrounds, not just Jewish in the sense from Israel, but those who had converted to Judaism from other countries, they came together. And in that one moment in time, they were unified for a purpose. I want to tell you, the body of Christ needs to get unified for the purpose of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what, see, we're talking about our cultural differences. We're talking about all this stuff. Matter of fact, wouldn't it be great if we had a party here at the church and all the different backgrounds, we brought a specialty food from our own country and we all came and it was labeled where it was from and you ate it. Wouldn't that be fun? We should do that, eh? Yeah, okay. So think about it, whatever your favorite thing is, like hamburger, uh, you know, whatever your cultural stuff is. It'd be great to do that. And that's what was happening here. The, the scriptures were being fulfilled. Every time Jesus did something, the scriptures were fulfilled. What had been prophesied was now happening. And I want to tell you, he has prophesied over Canada that this nation is coming to Jesus. There's been prophetic words that have been recorded over time that say this nation is going to be a nation of change to the world. The problem is our government doesn't know it yet. They haven't read the good news. And the good news is, no matter what's going on, God's going to change our hearts for this nation. Canadians need to complain less and give thanks more. It's true. We're a complaining nation. And yet we're, one of, we're the eighth most blessed nation. As a matter of fact, in statistics it says Canada is number seven on the joyometer. That this is a nation where people have joy. And I thought as believers, it's fruit of the Spirit. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And so, I, you know, I just picture this party. They're laying their, their cloaks down, you know. They probably only owned one, and they let these animals walk right over it. And you know what animals do sometimes. And so they're laying their cloaks down. They're laying the branches down for one purpose of, of honoring this, this man, this prophet, Coming, you know, just to get caught up in the swell. You ever got caught up in something? You ever got caught up in something? Well, you know, I'm just showing my age, but I saw the Beatles in Detroit. And when I saw the Beatles, I decided as a, what was I, 12? I was 12. I decided that I wouldn't scream like everybody else. Because that's what everybody did. And you know what? First song, you know what I was doing? <laughs> I was caught up. I never heard a single song they played. I'd hear the first note and the ending. That was it. Because everybody's screaming. You get caught up in something. So I'm sure there were people there who didn't even know what was going on. Who is this? What's going on? Why is everybody all excited? Why is it saying, well, there's this guy coming in. Cut some branches and put your cloak down. Why? Well, that's what everybody else is doing. Just do it. That's what everybody else is doing. Just do it. And the problem is sometimes as Christians, because everybody else is doing it, we're just doing it without knowing why. See, Jesus always had a purpose and a plan. When God called him to do something, he stepped out and did it. What is God calling you to do? We need to step out and do it. 
and not get caught up in the fray of the world and get caught up in what's going on, but to worship the King of Kings. And this must have been an absolutely amazing moment in time. But it was preparing the way for what Jesus was about to do. And that was enter Jerusalem. And when he entered Jerusalem, he knew what was coming. And it didn't stop him. I want to tell you there's times where God calls us to step into difficult, hard places. And we need to do it. And we need to trust him even when it's dangerous. And sometimes we feel like sharing the gospel with a neighbor is dangerous. Talking to Muhammad and giving him a box of candy, that was a mistake. But it wasn't dangerous, but it took me a few days to get up the nerve to do it. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. As a matter of fact, after the resurrection, Jesus did say, as we talked about last week in Acts 1, 48 and Matthew 28, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. But he didn't leave it to Jerusalem because that was easy. Sometimes it's easy to share the gospel with someone who's next to you. But as soon as you have to cross a line and you have to start sharing the gospel with strangers, unknown people say, well, that's actually easier. But no, if the culture is different, the language is different. And I'm so excited that the Holy Spirit came upon you when, and you just were filled with him, and, and God gave you the interpretation for tongues. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And he was just looking for a willing vessel, and you were it. Isn't that awesome? You see, folks, we, we, try to, we try to figure this stuff all out. Well, stop trying to figure it out and just let God be God. And let him, let him speak and let him do what he wants to do through you. So here they are, told to go to Samaria. Told, those are the enemies. Go to the nations, the ends of the earth. You realize what you're asking of us, Jesus? I think he's got to figure it out. He says, go everywhere, bring everybody, don't leave anybody out. As a matter of fact, one of the parables that Jesus uses is about a wedding and about getting everything ready for the wedding. And there were people who received an invitation, a handheld invitation from the king of kings, and they said, no, we're not coming. And then finally, at the end of the day, he said, you know what? I've got this party ready to go. Don't you feel bad if you prepare everything and nobody shows up? You get everything ready and nobody shows up? One time, April and I were invited out for supper over to some f friends' places in Pembroke when we were there. The problem was they forgot they invited us. And they had already eaten. So when we showed up with our gang, they were, oh, we're so glad you're here. And they're all looking at each other like, why are they here? And they invited us in. We're sitting on the couch. And then finally, they remembered what had happened. And they went out in the kitchen and the two ladies were going, what are we going to feed them? We ate already. So they, they uh, cooked some hot dogs, you know, tube steaks. And uh, we had something. But, then, but they kept laughing. We finally said, what's so funny? And they told us, well, that became a standing joke. They'd say, you guys want to come over? No. <laughs> Only if you've already eaten. <laughs> then we'll come over. You know, preparing the party, and, and, and Jesus said, fine, go out to the highways and the byways, find the poor, the neglected, the marginalized people, bring them, and they will come. And I want to tell you, folks, we're living in a society that is marginalized from the things of the gospel. Children these days do not know Jesus. Praise the Lord that we're going to do VBC and that we're going to sponsor 120 kids. This church is going to sponsor these kids so they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is our mandate, and that's our responsibility. And so God calls us to this because he's got this party ready to go. And he's saying, now I need some people. 
I got the table all set. I got all the food. Everything's ready. The musicians are ready. The, the elders are ready. Everybody's ready. We're going to have a party. And so it's a universal gathering together because thankfully, thankfully, the enemy wants to say to us, you can't talk to your neighbor. I remember going on an elevator when I was in Toronto before our family moved. And I'm on this elevator, and, and you drive your vehicle from work. You go in the underground parking. You get on the elevator. You go up the elevator. You get out of the elevator. You go down, and you go in the room you're in. Now, now you don't really rub shoulders with people except in the elevator. And I remember one time getting on the elevator, and there, there was a lady who was uh, Asian of some kind, maybe Chinese, there was a, a man over here who looked from Pakistan. And anyway, there was all these, and then there's me. And I'm standing there, and nobody's saying anything. And we're all standing looking at the numbers like we've never seen them before. <laughs> Whoa. And finally I said, you guys want to bounce? <laughs> they're all going... And I remember getting off the elevator, and they just didn't say a word to me. And, and uh, police came a few minutes later. No, I just got off the elevator, and I went into the room, and I remember talking to somebody a couple days later. I said, you know, I get on this elevator, and that's the only time I see people. Nobody says anything. He goes, this is Toronto. I said, so what? Did Jesus forget about Toronto? Has Jesus forgotten about your family, your neighbors, your friends, the people you work with, people where you meet on the street? No, he has not forgotten. Let's cross the line. Let's not let the enemy put fear in us because he's a defeated foe. As a matter of fact, Colossians 2.15 says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. That is the power of Jesus that has come into this world. In this 21st century, he wants to throw a party for humanity. And I thought, you know, I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm commanded to go. I'm commanded to share his love and his mercy with people I meet and his amazing grace. And I need to be about that and I need to pray for that and look for those opportunities. And you do too. I want to ask you a question. How many of you run into people on a regular basis from other cultures? Just put your hand up. You know what? All of you do. This is Canada. And the more you're in the city not just Kitchener-Waterloo, any of the cities, as a matter of fact, any of the smaller towns, because it seems to me that the, the people that move in for, who immigrate from other cultures and countries, uh, they, own, they, they go to Subway. They do the Subway. They own the Subways, right? Um, they're at the gas stations, right? Isn't that true? How many of you go to Subway? Anybody here? You never go to Subway? Oh, I love Subway. I don't love it. I like it once in a while. Uh, do you ever buy gas for your vehicle? Like, isn't that a dumb question? Wouldn't you love not to buy gas for your vehicle? Well, anyway. I don't know about you, but most time when I go into those places, I run into people from other cultures. So if I'm a Canadian, I'm going to run into them. And they need Jesus. So I am this disciple. I'm out there who's supposed to be making disciples who love God, love others, serve the world. But if I never open my mouth, if I never see the opportunity for the party, for, for them to enter into the party that God has, then I'm not doing my part. I'm not handing out the invitation like I'm supposed to be. And say, hey, you know what? There's an opportunity for you to know Jesus. And you say, well, this is Canadian culture. We don't talk about it. Nonsense. It has nothing to do with culture. It has everything to do with Christ. Christ. 
If it's just culture, then we might as well go home. But thankfully, it's not. It's Jesus. And he reminds me of that. So if, you know, we talk about being lighthouses. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Jesus said this, you are the light of the what? Of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Men do not light a lamp and put it under a bushel. But they put it on a stand. Why? So it gives light to the whole house so everybody can see. Then he says this, let your light so shine before men and women that they may see your good works and notice this, give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I love the way the message puts it. And it starts off this way. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be a light, bringing out the God colors in the world. Isn't that awesome? God is not a secret to be kept. Oh, hallelujah. We're going public with this. <laughs> yes, Lord, we are. As public as a city on a hill. S city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. So this morning, what did we sing? Shine, the shine. Right? Didn't we sing that? That was a request, by the way. That was Throwback Sunday that we did that. But, but you know what? Isn't that a perfect song? So the, the lady who requested that had no idea what I was preaching on. And so when Doug said to me, we're going to do Shine, Jesus, Shine, we all went, oh, man, that's so old. No, we didn't. We just went, sure. And then he told us who requested it, and we went, wow. And then I was reading this passage, and I thought, yes, Lord, we're supposed to shine. Let Jesus shine through us. It's party time. It's party time. Man, let's get out the woo-woo-woo and put on the little corny hats. You know, you ever, does anybody ever do that? Wolfgang, loosen up, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to bring you one. You don't have to wear it, but I'll bring it to you anyway. Um, I, you know, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices over one sinner. Over one person saying yes to Jesus can set off a chain reaction in heaven like nothing else. The moment you said yes to Jesus, they're up there partying. Woo! They were having a grand old time. Why? Because you got saved. And I thought, you know, with all the people that are getting saved globally, that's a constant party up there. And we think, oh, well, you know, I've talked to one guy one time. He says, you know what? I'm just a party animal. I'm going to hell anyway. And that's where everybody parties. I said, oh, no, you're going the wrong way, man. The party's that way. You got the wrong map. You're going in the wrong direction. You need a God purpose, a GPS. You need a God purpose to show you where the heaven is, and hell ain't it. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that's a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and sorrow and pain and suffering. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go there. And that's where I was headed without Jesus, and so is everybody else. And so the work of the cross is a complete work, and it doesn't matter about our culture, your hair color. I saw a young man come in today, and he had, like, bright, bright yellow, green on his head, like this way. I thought, looks good on you, but I wouldn't do it, personally, because I don't have any hair. <laughs> you know, there'd be, like, five strands colored. It cost me as much as what it did him. You know, it doesn't matter on your culture, your clothes. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes we can see somebody and without even knowing them, we judge them. Because they look a certain way or they act a certain way. And Jesus said, go to the highways and byways and bring them in. Go out there and find them and bring them in. Tell them about me. Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.